previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. It was a great game. Yeah, it was great. What else you got for us? That's it. Just two this week. Just two? Just, just are you? Two, yeah. Are you? Oh, okay. I, I usually give so much more than that or a pro game, but just two is fine. Just two, two is, is fine. fine. Get healthy with just two. Are you eating breakfast? Are you making breakfast? I am. Oh. I'm at the mansion at Turtle Creek in Dallas, one of my favorite hotels. I had room service. And at the same time, I was talking to you. I got it. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So let's review. Carville cuts down from about 43 games a week <laughs> to two and wins them both. Yeah. Wins them both. He, has, the hot he has Illinois plus 14 and a half over Minnesota, and they win outright. He's got Oregon minus six and a half over Washington, and they win by 10 or 12. So he wins them both. Carville's now 2-0 and for the week, 18-21 and overall. Jeff Ma did not have a good week. This is a losing week. I think it's his first losing. I was gonna say, week. I think it's his first one. He was two and three, so he's twenty-seven and eighteen. But he's, you know, you're making money with Jeff Ma. What was the one that he he picked the Jets again against Indianapolis? That was not a winning game. No, it wasn't. he picked New Orleans and Atlanta won that game late. He picked the Raiders over the Giants. That didn't work out. Reginald and I. I hasten to say this, who is a monkey. <laughs> Reginald is a monkey. Reginald was 2-1, and one, so he's 5-1 and one in the last two weeks. He's at 500. It's a great run He's 13-13. Chuck Todd was 4-3, and three, a winning week, marginally, but a winning week. Overall, he's 27-35-1, but I have a story about Chuck Todd. I have a story about what happened. So yeah. Chuck Todd is in a situation where he's picking in a, what he thinks is a pick'em game when we do this right. on Tuesday or Wednesday. Kansas City and Before the Aaron Rodgers incident, it's pick'em, and he's picking Green Bay at Kansas City. Then the Aaron Rodgers thing happens. So on Sunday morning, Sunday morning, when he has a real job. <laughs> Sunday's a day of rest. <laughs> it's his real job. Meet the press. At 8.09, at 8.09, while he's taping, I write him the following text. <laughs> Nothing is as much fun as being interrupted when you're filming a TV show. I took the Green Bay-Kansas City game off the board for you because of Rodgers. I'm giving you a free game, any one you want. Just let me know as late as two. I'll even let you watch the first quarter of a 1 p.m. game. Ha! He immediately, <laughs> immediately texts back. Well, I told Nigel I was actually pondering taking the Packers in the seven and a half because the Chiefs never seemed to cover. Also tempted by the Falcons plus six versus the Saints, which he would have won, and the Bears plus six against the Steelers, that's tonight, but I'll take the extra time to ponder. Then he writes back after, like at least he waits for the show to be done, meet the <laughs> press. That up, right. And he writes back, I'm rolling with Jordan Love. Now I'd like seven and a half, which is what it was yesterday. It's currently down to seven now. And I said to him, you got it. You got seven and a half. They cover. Yeah. It's a 13-7 game. They cover with seven. And seven and a half. Rolling with Jordan Love. Jordan Love Loved stunk. The Packers. Yeah, he Jordan was Love not, stunk. Not very good. But, but Chuck won that game, so I thought I would mention that. On a personal note as well, Michael and I played golf yesterday with two people, one of whom you know very well and one of whom you have heard about. The one you've heard about is Mike Crowley, who is a teacher uh, and a humanities teacher and also a golf writer. He wrote the story about Michael and I that ran in Golf Magazine. What? Where exactly is he a teacher again? He's a teacher at Denison. Oh, that's right. Right, you're Alma Mater. Yes, I yes he's a teacher at Denison. Denison. And a wonderful Still guy. Still checking the records. <laughs> a wonderful guy. We he is, he's lovely. You know, so he came to On play. You. And then Michael suggested, <laughs> tell people who you suggested. Well, we were, we were looking for a fourth for our game, and we have transitioned to what we'd call winter golf. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's a little harder to predict the weather, so you have to have someone who, who is ready and able to just sort of roll with the roll with the winds and the punches. So at first I wanted to play with the socialite, just because I figured, oh, Mike's Mike's been involved with the show. I thought it'd be fun to get out with Alan, and we're playing with Alan tomorrow. And then I, sure. and then I thought, what about, what about... Tree Frog Lace Solicitor. <laughs> tree Frog. Yeah. <laughs> he had a big trip to Pinehurst a couple weeks ago. Yes, he did. I know he's freshly outfitted with, with the latest clothes. Oh, my God. He was clubs. wearing he was wearing Wilbon. Wilbon Straight outfit. out of a pro shop. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable how much money he spent on those pants. So I texted Walter him. Hagen pants. Taken from the dead Walter Hagen. The sl but the Slim Fit. Yeah, absolutely. And he, couldn't, he could not let us forget that. Oh, no. These are the Slim Fit. It's a tapered cut. Yeah. Uh, so he had, to, he had to check with his wife, of course. I think there was a, a Little League doubleheader, but he was able to get out there. 
So it was awesome. So I just want to say this. <clears throat> he was not as bad as I hoped he would be. <laughs> Chris said he was terrible and he, he was giving his golf game just like one or two more shots. And, and Michael said to him, well, just take lessons. I wanted him to be really terrible. And he was occasionally terrible off the tee. Terrible off the tee, not that he didn't hit it hard, but that it went either very, very left or very, very right. A four left out of play hitting houses. Right. Stuff like that. Hard to hit houses at Columbia. Stuff like that. But when you put the ball on the ground, not on a tee, and he had to hit an iron, he hit them majestically high. He hit them very, very far. Uh, it's, it was impossible for me to believe after watching him hit six irons, impossible for me to believe that he couldn't be a good player in a year. A good player. Yeah, we can get him breaking 90 in a year. Like yeah. in the mid-80s. Yeah. I mean, because he really hit it high in the air and very, very no, he, well. He had, a, he had a good natural pitching motion, pretty good putting stroke on the green. But again, we're, we're like, uh, what direction does this go? Oh, okay. Uh, why don't you aim down the left side yeah. to account for, I don't know, your 30-yard of slice. <laughs> left. Dead left. He also had brand new clubs. Brand new Mizunos, right? Oh, yeah. He had everything was just fabulous for him. <laughs> Fabulous for him. Again, I think it's more about great the, time. I think it's more about the image of playing golf for Chris and oh, actually yeah. just walking with friends. Yes. We had a wonderful time. That's great. I was so happy. It was it was cold when we started, but got progressively nicer as the day went on. It was just so pleasant. A lot of laughs, right? Didn't you think? Yeah, well, on, it's on so a, pleasant. On and a thank you to Columbia note, for letting us yeah, out. Yeah, this, this was great by, by the Columbia staff and really cool for us to see, you know, members who actually listen to the show, some of our friends who are, you know, around the staging area getting to see some of these people that we've talked about. Like Salism. And right. I just look back at the last 19 months and what it means to be, you know, parents of young kids and then obviously what everything else has thrown at us. And these are two, these are two dads that I've reached out to yeah. and become you know, much closer to over the last year and a half. So it was just really nice to be able to get out in a fun way like that. Yeah, it was really nice. So I have this one. Didn't, didn't see you at all during the round, which was weird for me. Didn't get to check in with you. Well, didn't really was, see you play, but I'm you were down a, the middle every hole. No, I was, I was in a cart because it's hard for me to walk 18, but I had a, a very pleasant time. I, I played well. I had one terrible hole, 17, but other than that, I played well for me. 66, 68. I was, I was at that number at some certain points, but no, but I broke 90. That's fantastic. Par for me is 90. Sure. If I'm 90 or below, I'm really happy Didn't with see that. any of your between-the-leg putts, which is a good thing. Didn't do those. <laughs> Didn't do those. It's hard. It, it's very hard to putt yesterday because the greens have been aerated and filled with sand. So it is not, it is not a true putt. So there's there's the you fourth hole. You played okay. Yeah, I played I played just fine. We yeah. we were on the fourth hole. Saliza hits it short right. Hits a great pitch shot to about two feet. And we're all that's good. That's good. He goes ha ha ha. Yeah, I'll miss the putt if you make me putt it. Do you want to see me putt it? Of course he puts it. <laughs> it hits sand. Doesn't touch the hole. Hooks right. left. Yeah, mm. just sort of impossible. And then Mike Crowley had a great shot on fifteen and led to a blind body. shot. Yeah, just a great shot. Really, anyway, anyway, I had this one story to tell. I jumped out to the beach on Friday. I took the day off Friday because we had done shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I jumped out to the beach just to play. It was extremely, I'll just, I, this is not cutting to the chase. I'll just tell you, I played for a couple of days really windy. Like really windy, right off the water, really windy. Had a lot of fun. But four hours out in the wind, even in a cart, that, that wears on you. I mean, you know, you go to sleep much earlier than you think you're going to sleep. In any case, I go out there, and the route that I take to get to the beach is I go over the Bay Bridge, and then I'm on 50. I go from 50, I make a left-hand turn heading east on 404 at something called Y Mills right around there. The signs to the beaches. And then I make a left turn heading east again off 404 onto 16. State Road 16 in Delaware, which lasts for about 30 miles, goes through two little towns. One is called Greenwood and one is called Ellendale. You have to go 25 miles an hour through those little towns. I've gotten used to this. It's a road that I'm very comfortable with, a very pleasant country road, very pleasant, wide enough, even one lane on each side, but wide enough, very pleasant. 
I'm driving along singing a song. It's I'm making great time. And I get to where I always stop to use the facility, as it were, which is at a Royal Farms, just as you get out of the first little town, Greenwood. You get out of Greenwood, you cross 113, there's a Royal Farms on the right. I get there, I go inside, I go outside, I get back in my car, and there's no more 16. There's just a giant pile of dirt and a bunch of fences, and they say road closed. Road closed. Okay, this is the only way I know how to go. I don't know any other way. Jump back on 113. And people say, well, why don't you use Google Maps? And I go, because I don't know how to use Google Maps. I don't know how to do that. So I go back inside, and I ask somebody at the Royal Farms, when did this happen? It's been a little while. It's just a little while, because I was out there three weeks ago. When did this happen? I said, well, I'd like to get to Rehoboth. How do I do it? And the woman says to me, okay, cross 113, because 113 is a divided highway, and you have to, you can't, you can't make a left into the right hand, you know, the things that are going to the right, the things that are going, I guess, north. You can't do that. You got to try and go south and then go east. So I get back on that road, and then I have this thing in my car, Assist. It's in my, the BMW Assist. So I call them up. And I say, I don't want to panic. I don't want to cause you any anxiety any more than I've got. But I would like turn-by-turn directions in my ear to get me to, and I gave them my street address. And they said, fine. And it was much like the, the girl said that, you know, you'd go for about four or five miles, and then you'd make a left-hand turn, and you end up going through the small city of Georgetown. But I've never been on any of these roads before. And not only am I on these roads, there's 200 people. Sure. There's 200 people who have come to see State Road 16 not exist anymore. Now, I felt there had to be a shorter way around. There had to be something much quicker, but I'm not fooling around here. I'm not going off on my own because I don't know where I am. I'm not doing that. (laughs) So now you get behind. it's It's a snake line of 100 cars, and you get behind... A gravel truck. A harvester. A gravel truck that's 40 cars up. Right. And you may as well go backwards. <laughs> you're not making, you know, it, it, it was about 30 to 40 minutes extra. Then I got into Georgetown. And they're very specific with when they say make the second left and on to East State Street. And if you miss by one, which I did because there was no sign that said East State Street, they get you back on this. And, and it just, it seemed to me, it's fine. In the old days, I could read roadmaps. But you can't read roadmaps if you're the only one in the car. That's tough. You can't do that. You're driving. You can't do that. So, so thank God for this, for this divine intervention of somebody in your ear telling you where to go that you trust. You don't, not all of you trust this voice. I've, you know, never, I've never met someone who trusts something like Google Maps less than you. We I would don't give you, trust. Oh, you're at your arrival time at, at Rehoboth is going to be and You always look and go, maybe. Yeah, I don't maybe. think so. How do they know? What <laughs> yeah. do they know? So what worries and it dumped, me... it dumped me out ultimately on one. Right. I got a much better way going home, though. Better, okay. but, which is, again, just out of the way. You're adding 20 minutes. So 16 is a route coming from D.C. Potentially saves you 5 to 10 minutes if things are bad. But, but it's more than that. It's just a pleasant drive. When you make pleasant. the left onto 16, you feel like you have arrived. Yeah. It's sort of a, it's low, it's low even pressure. Even though you're an hour from there. You're yeah, an hour and sometimes from there, even pleasant. worse. But for you... Before you learned about 16, so at least five years of driving to the beach, you always took 404, which got you to Georgetown. Right. So I just sort of figured once you saw 113, 113 is a highway that I'm pretty sure would take you down to Bethany and towards like, you know, getting down even lower to Ocean City. So at a certain point, you just look at the compass and go, I can figure it out from here. And I have a good sense of direction. I know when I've made a wrong turn. I know intuitively I've done something wrong. I have a good sense of direction, but I don't know the names of the roads and there aren't that many signs that but there's so many signs everywhere that like to the beaches like Rehoboth, yeah. 45 miles i don't trust those signs they could have been put up last night to trick you yeah you see that in movies all the time <laughs> they, they just flip so the it... sign they make you go left you go right into the water <laughs> you know, i don't really trust that so anyway so i got there and then on the way back you found a new a... way oh yeah oh yeah it's always great you go up it's gonna take one. four and a half hours for thanksgiving you go for you. up route <laughs> one past 16 you go up about 10 or 12 miles, 
and you get on State Road 14 in Delaware through Milford. That's a slog through Milford <laughs> towards Harrington. And it dumps you out in Denton, Maryland. And you're in Maryland long before you ever expect to be in Maryland. Right. So it's sort of interesting. Are, are you familiar with this? We had a secret route to get to the beach back in the day. And that sounds sort of familiar. 14 through Milford? Yeah, you would go You would go ways people would, had no idea to expect. Yeah. And at one point, there was like, there's a cornfield and a sign. You have to take <laughs> a left there. And yeah. But it worked. And it would get you there very quickly. And you wouldn't have to deal with any traffic. You just have to watch in those slow towns. Always go 25. Yeah, or three or four miles under the speed limit. So they will, they will get you. Um, I would say that coming home, even with the panic that I had that I was going the wrong way, and even with the real slog through Milford, it took 245, which I thought was really good, which meant when I got familiar with this, it would be even better, right? Be yeah, maybe. Better. You know, so I felt good. All right, we'll get out of here. Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Framebridge ad. Framebridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever leaving the house. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can Framebridge just about anything. This holiday season, Framebridge is the perfect way to give the gift they'll actually want to receive. Don't just give slippers again. No slippers. Give them something special, something only you could give. This year, gift better with Framebridge. You're going to do this, right? I am. I'm going to show you the photo that I wanted. Isn't that a great photo? It's a lovely photo. Yes. Let me show it to the entire class. Oh, a beautiful scenic shot. Yes. yes. That's out on, by the Billy Goat Trail. And so, yeah, so I guess you send it in, and then they, it comes back framed and beautiful. And or you, you can You could visit it. the Bethesda location. Oh, that's right. Right by uh, Bethesda Bagels. Indeed. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you package, <clears throat> excuse me, to safely mail in your physical pieces. Nigel, you can do either one of those. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts and michael has a gallery wall choose your favorite or get free recommendations bigger walls now need from their, more gallery you're going to need more from their talented designers a handcrafted personalized gift from framebridge starts at 39 dollars. come on that's nothing and all shipping is free plus listeners to this high quality podcast will get 15 percent off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code tony k so nigel you could get this they might owe you money to <laughs> Order online at framebridge.com or stop by a Framebridge store to work with a designer in person if you're in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago. There you go. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com. Use the promo code TONYK to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code TONYK. And one more time, framebridge.com. Promo code Tony K. And the lesson here, people, is use the code. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Terry King, who's with the band Borderline. And he writes, Mr. Tony, here's two more from our upcoming Not Yet Titled or Finished CD. Borderline thanks you again for the time on your show. Two weeks after they appeared, we played a golf resort called Dismal River an excellent facility in the Sand Hills of Nebraska. I got a cheesery from the crowd during the first set. I gave a quick TK salute and said, yes, that borderline. <laughs> How great is that? How great is that? Borderline, this is called To the Neon Moon and Back. We'll play them again later in the show. This plays in Michael Wilbon. And we will start, and I don't know the order of the PTI show today, but you're going to hear my ideas for the order by the way I'd structure these questions. Mike, I don't know how you can start with anything other than Green Bay, Kansas City, because you have a Kansas City team that's been to two straight Super Bowls that is totally struggling, and you have the biggest story in sports last week, Aaron Rodgers getting COVID and Jordan Love playing for the first time, starting for the first time. Now it's a year and a half in. What were your thoughts first on Jordan Love and second on Kansas City's inability to make any real separation and have comfort in that game? Well, my first thoughts are still with Kansas City. And, uh -huh. you know, the whole year, Tony, I've been making fun of people who were, you know, boo who crowned Kansas City. And there's yeah. a whole media world of people who crowned them. To, to, to quote Dennis Green, paraphrase from Steal a Thought from the late, great Dennis Green. And I got tired of it so early. And so they, they're, and they were, I didn't think, when I was making fun of people for crowning them, I didn't think they'd be this bad this long. 
I don't think anybody did. I thought they'd be recovered I didn't. by now. I but they're not totally recovered. agree. They're not any good. They're not. They're and not. So, and even the offense is not any good. All they get could only score 13 points on the Packers. Now, I know the Packers are better on defense than they've been, but still. So, you know, that was that to me was the – I know the Aaron Rodgers thing is huge. It's legitimately huge. It's also – well, it's not a tempest in a teapot because – even though he's going to come back, but now they're saying he can't, he's not going to be eligible to be back until the 13th, which is, a, which is Saturday. So yeah. I don't know that he's going to play Ten on days. That Sunday. Nope. You know, he so, might not. I mean, Jordan Love was bad. I mean, so, so what? Every rookie quarterback is bad this year. Every rookie quarterback has been bad. Including Mac Jones, even though people act like he hasn't been, he's 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 gotten better. He's also coached by the greatest coach of all time, and so Jordan Love was the same thing as all the rest of these rookie quarterbacks. Except he, he may not be a rookie, but he, he of course he was a rookie. He made his first start, so I, you know I, I was rooting for two thousand, rooting for the Packers to get their butts kicked, but that doesn't differ from every Sunday for me. But then I was sort of feeling bad for Jordan Love, and I wanted him to play well just to maybe put some stress on Aaron Rodgers after his debacle of a week. But that didn't happen. Um, and they're going to go back to Rodgers as soon as they can, and they should. Um, but, you know, I sort of hope that this loss, maybe it'll cost the Packers the bye week on the front end. That would be, wor- that would be worth it for me. So this is interesting to me. I was at two places where people talk about sports over the weekend. Two golf courses, Rehoboth Beach and Columbia. And I expect people to talk to me about sports. That's what I do for a living. It comes as no shock to me. The Rogers thing was top of mind for everybody. And he was condemned by every person I talked to. You went through a different circle of sports over the weekend. You must have talked about Rodgers. Did you also get the sense that Rodgers had done himself real damage? That I, no, I not that was real my damage. sense. I don't, okay, Tony. I, no, I don't think real damage. I mean, um, I think everything is. People go crazy for two or three days, and then they forget about it because right. somebody else acts like an idiot. Right. So right. you know, it doesn't, nothing lasts long. It just doesn't. And so, if Rodgers comes back and he's Aaron Rodgers, then no, it'll be. You know, I was thinking about this. Too, Tony, just like you mentioned. Um, a year ago, Tom Brady forgot what down it was against That's the Bears. Right. And they still That's won right. the championship. So, you know, nothing lasts for long. Uh, but, yes, I, he did himself temporarily, temporary, you know, damage. Um, I, you know, front of mind damage, <laughs> reputation, no. But he'll, he'll rebound from it. Um, and there'll be people who get tired of the criticism and they'll start backing Rodgers. But it doesn't right, have to be ongoing like, you know, Kyrie. It doesn't have to be ongoing. He just looks like a fool in the moment. Let's go to the second story that I think is important. Four division-leading teams all went down. Dallas was shut out, shut yeah. out by Denver. Buffalo, which everybody had in the Super Bowl, got beat by Jacksonville, didn't score any points. I mean, it's field goals. Didn't have any touchdowns. New Orleans got beat by Atlanta. That's a divisional game, but still, Atlanta's no good. And the Raiders got beat by the Giants, who are terrible. The Giants are a terrible team. Of all of those, which is the most significant to you? Um, probably Dallas. Oh, I would have said Buffalo. They were okay. crowned w- a week ago. Right. A week ago. All, all the pundits and by... I mostly mean because the the, the, the networks are um, clogged with, you know, former players. So not just media, not just talking heads, not know-it-alls like us, but, but people who actually know stuff. They crowned them. They crowned the Cowboys. They told us that, 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 that Dak Prescott not only got his money, but Dak Prescott has to be the MVP. He has to be. He's the MVP. And the Cowboys, they're the front runners in the NFC. What? What are you talking about? No one wants to wait on the NFL anymore. Everybody just wants to crown somebody or declare something preposterous and premature every single week. The discussion of the NFL, it just wears me out, man. It wears me out. 
Now people have I would have said I would have said Buffalo every week. I would have said Buffalo because Josh Allen looked terrible. He looked yeah, terrible. Buffalo, I mean Buffalo, uh, you know. They haven't they haven't won anything yet. So these are right. the Cowboys, but but the Cowboys are overstated every week on every channel. I mean, you could convince me that it's Buffalo, but the Cowboys, Tony, shut out. Were they at home? Wow. I don't think they were at oh, home. Oh, they were in Denver? But Denver is not a good team at all. Yeah. Not at all. Four games in a row after yeah. going 3-0 and against the Jets, Jaguars, and Giants. That's they right. They lost four in a row, won, won a game, and then lost to the Washington football team. Hmm. So, so, I mean, what do we, you know, no, they're not any good. But, you know, still, the Cowboys, the Cowboys going down like that, something to, I was in the car yesterday because, you know, I was at Matthews basketball, tournament basketball yesterday, and so I couldn't see the early games, but I had, you know, there's essentially now like red zone for radio, when you know, just, so I'm listening to that to and from, and, you know, for me, Tony, I think it was the Cowboys, and I understand what you're saying about okay. Buffalo, and I won't even disagree yeah. with you about Buffalo, but I, I, yeah, I, I don't put... I don't put the Cowboys in the top three of the NFC. I never did. They, they had the opportunity to show me, and now they haven't. I'll go to another game that I didn't see coming quite like this. Cleveland. I mean, I can see Cleveland beating Cincinnati at Cincinnati because you and I both agree that Cincinnati is not Cincinnati's yet. Cincinnati's a fraud. Yeah, they're not <laughs> yet. They're, they're not the real deal. They're not the they're real a deal. Fraud. But Cleveland beat them and beat them Without, I'm tired of Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, too I'm tired of this saga. They're actually better without this guy. Yeah. Well, right? Yeah. They're better. Yeah. He's, he's a guy who, you know, Tony, he's <laughs> physically, he's the Kyrie of, of the NFL. Oh, in that great skill. He's got, he's got an army of followers, and he, he, puts, he has these highlight catches, and they are, they are unmistakably highlight catches. They're all time highlight real. But it doesn't, you know, he doesn't impact the game. He just doesn't. And he's had great seasons, plural. But he doesn't impact the game. He doesn't help his team win anything. No. So I'm tired of it too. And he strikes me as a bad teammate. He strikes me yeah. as a bad teammate. Maybe well, he isn't. strikes me as certainly not a bad teammate, just a self-indulgent dude. Self-indulgent. No, I... Yeah, I agree with that. Tired I got two more games. Tired of Cleveland. Here, here's another game, and this surprised me. It did. I, it pleased me, but it surprised me. Arizona does not have yeah. Kyler Murray. In yeah, the discussion they're, they're, for MVP, Kyler Murray yeah. is in the top three in any discussion. Yep. Kyler Murray is there. They play Colt McCoy, who I always liked and liked him more than Kirk Cousins, but I was, you know, nobody listened to me on that, and they won't in the future either. But Arizona beat San Francisco, and Colt McCoy was quite good. They did. Division game at San Francisco. Beat them down. Thereby, to me, reinserting themselves, especially with the Rams losing, reinserting themselves as a potential Super Bowl team. How about to you? They reinserted themselves to me more. I don't don't get in the Super Bowl yet. The projection game, I'm really rebelling against that. They okay. reasserted themselves as the number one team in the NFL. The number one team today. Number one. So if I was, you know, voting or had the Wilbon Power Index, it would be the Cardinals. Right. They went to San Francisco. So they've, got, they've had two road games in division. At and the Rams, both. check. Beat them. At the Niners, yeah. check. Beat them. And they didn't just yeah. beat them. They smacked them. They yeah, smacked them. I agree. So... I, you know, that, that's, I don't, I, the projection of the Super Bowl, I, I, you know. But, I, Tony, these things are not, the Cowboys was a, a shocker. Buffalo was a shocker because it was Jacksonville. But people act yeah. like these teams are all going to go 15-1. and one. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're still going to go 12-4 and four and 13-3. and three. And Yes, so, I agree you know, with that. The, 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 the anxiety, you know, uh, expressed over these teams losing a game in uh, first week in November. It's like, okay, calm down. They're gonna and they're gonna lose again. You they can will. lose one game a month and still finish twelve and four. Yeah. Well, the now other you the go other game and four. The other game to me, a tremendous comeback by Baltimore. Oh yeah, down fourteen in both halves. 
Two separate yeah. times, down 14. It's Tremendous comeback. Team, and then another... Minnesota came back. Yeah, Minnesota but, tied the game. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, but, but even Baltimore's flawed, as we know. They're entertaining as hell. I'll see Baltimore in person in two weeks in Chicago because um, Matthew and I are going out to Soldier Field yeah. for that. But, uh, you know, Tony, I mean, again, the, the, the Ravens won the game. Close game. Minnesota's not a, a, a you know awful team by any stretch. No, they're not. They've no, lost they're not. Like four ridiculously close games, and so I, you know, I, am I shocked? No, no, because Baltimore's going to be in close games and lose some games. They're not. They're not you know unbeatable. Um, yeah, I was surprised at the score when I got in the car and heard it, but then I listened to a lot of that game, and they they came back and accounted pretty well of themselves. And they've got something that nobody else has because there's only one best. They've got the best kicker in football. Yeah, so if, you, if you're in That's a position right. where Justin Tucker can get onto the field, he's going to beat you. He's yeah. the, right, Mike? He's the best. best uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he may be right now. I mean, he may be the best. He may be the best ever right now. He's I mean, that somebody good. Somebody may come along and take that from him. But yeah. right now, you want Tucker before you take anybody else with a game on the line. No, you absolutely. I, all right, I'll get you out of here on this. I'll go to college for you. Michigan State, this is your conference. Yeah. How, how on a scale of 1 to 10, and I'm not saying you don't think Purdue is a good team, Yeah. but on a scale of 1 to 10, what was your surprise level that Purdue beat Michigan State? The 4. Mm. Purdue's good. Purdue can score. Yeah. Score the basketball, as they all want to say now. Score the football. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, no, no. I've watched Purdue. I've watched Purdue. I mean, no. I mean, I, I I wanted Purdue to. I really wanted Purdue to go down this week and next week because that same weekend I'm going to see the Bears play against the Ravens. The day before that, Northwestern and Purdue will play at Wrigley Field, so I'm going to be front and center for both those. At Um, Wrigley. At Wrigley, yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I think we're gonna play a game at Wrigley like every year. Really? Um, you know, the marketing people... Have you ever done up. that before? Have you played yeah. Wrigley before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't oh, yeah. realize that. Absolutely. Okay. Couple, we played a couple of games recently at Wrigley. The marketing people get a hold of it. It's, it's a way that we stay ahead of Illinois in state by yeah. having a game that's got a little pop to it for locals. Nobody cares about sure. that. Outside of that, outside of there. But we'll, we'll play Purdue. And, and look, Purdue, Purdue's got more alums in Chicago than Northwestern has. So, you know, it's not like Purdue's at any great disadvantage. You know, there are people who want us to play the Notre Dame game when we play at Wrigley Field, but that would be a distinct home field advantage for Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, you know, I mean, Notre Dame has several times more alums in Chicago than Northwestern does. So, we didn't, so we're not doing the Notre Dame game there. We do the Notre Dame game like we did a couple of seasons ago on campus. But that game's at Wrigley. No, Purdue's pretty good. Purdue's a pretty good team. And I was rooting for Michigan State for a lot of reasons, rooting for Mel Tucker. Wanted to see an undefeated team in the Big Ten have a better shot, a real shot at the playoff. Now, the only team with a shot, well, Michigan State's got a shot, but they have to beat Ohio State in three weeks. They got to beat Ohio State. Or two weeks. They got to beat Ohio State. And, you know, I don't, based on what we saw Saturday, I don't necessarily see. Michigan State winning that game. I don't think it's beyond Michigan State. And I, I, I also think that Michigan could actually beat Ohio State for once. Now, you get me closer to that game day, and I'm, I'm, I'll probably bail on that sentiment that Michigan okay. will finally, that Harbaugh will finally win. But, yeah, Tony, that's a fluid situation, too. And it, what, what this underscores, like the NFL, is that there's no super team out there. There's Georgia no may be, but you got to wait. And you there's none in the Georgia. NFL either. There's none in the NFL. All right, I'll no. see you later. Thank you. All right, Tom, thanks. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, we will take a break. Chuck Culpepper, we will talk about college football exclusively with Chuck, Pe- Chuck Culpepper when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Policy Genius ad. There's a lot to be thankful for, like how Policy Genius can check if you're paying too much for home and auto insurance. Mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce from a can. There's a lot on your plate this November. Why not let Policy Genius help by looking for lower home and auto insurance rates for you? While your holiday calendar starts filling up, let the folks at Policy Genius 
get your home and auto insurance shopping done faster than you can say, why do we still do daylight savings time? Well, we don't now. We're on standard time now. We're That's not right. on daylight savings time now. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. They've saved new customers an average of $435 per year on auto insurance. They've saved new customers an average of $350 per year on home insurance. Getting started is easy. First, head to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Policy Genius takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurers, from Progressive to Allstate, to find you lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more, including bundling your home and auto policies. And if they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they'll switch you over for free. So head to policygenius.com to get started now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Borderline, sent to us by Terry King. This is called Whiskey Selling Machine. And to finish that story about playing Dismal River, they weren't playing it in a golf sense. They were a band. <laughs> yeah. And after um, the TK salute and said, yes, that Borderline, Terry writes, a tray of shots for the band soon followed. The little never revealed themselves, but it just goes to show how far your tentacles of wisdom reach. Happy November to all, and thanks again from Terry King. Michael, if Terry King and Borderline want to send, if anybody wants to send their original music in like Terry King and Borderline, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. Chuck Culpepper joins us now. Chuck Culpepper's writing just makes me so happy all the time. And you had the occasion to go to the North Carolina Wake Forest game. A lot of people would have said, oh, go to this game, go to that game, go to the other game. You got to see a game in which 4,000 points were scored. I think Wake had scored 6,000 points against Army a couple of weeks before. What, you know, what did you think Wake, Wake no longer undefeated? You wrote a lovely story about that. What are your basic thoughts? Do you feel sorry for Wake Forest on any level? I do. I do, absolutely. I feel sorry for myself as well because <laughs> I wanted to learn more about Wake Forest and them being unbeaten would, would have given me a, had they remained unbeaten, it would have given me a, a chance to learn more. I feel like kind of, you ever feel like Wake Forest has been in our midst for a long time and we know about it, we just don't know enough about, we don't know much about it. So I just think it, it's like, the, it even has a mysterious name, Wake Forest. So yeah, I, I, I don't root for people when I'm watching games, but I confess to being a little sad at the end of that one, just thinking, oh, I wanted to see this thing um, carry on for at least a few more weeks. So I've been to Wake Forest. I've been to Reynolds Coliseum. I think that's nah. what it's called, right? Reynolds Coliseum, in which right. you walk in from the street, right, Michael, and you walk down. You walk down a whole bunch of flights of stairs. I've never seen a football game there. Wake is, of course, better known over a long period of time for basketball than for football. It's one of the four North Carolina schools, Duke, North Carolina, NC State, although some in-state don't consider that a real college, and Wake Forest. Um, and I, I found it charming, Wake Forest, in Winston-Salem. Another odd name. Like, Wake yep. Forest is odd. Winston-Salem is odd. They're a very small school. They have a pretty good academic reputation, and to see that they were unbeaten in football this late in the season stunned me. I immediately thought, "Wow, you got to investigate that squad, <laughs> you know, because this is, this can't be real." But they score a million points. They are, they are the smallest school in the Power Five, and there's a there's an excellent AP writer in North Carolina, Aaron Beard. He was telling me nobody hates Wake Forest, and you know, in, in yeah. that state. You know, everybody hates somebody in that, especially right. in the triangle, you know. Right. Nobody right. hates Wake Forest. And, you know, they, one of the things they do to score all those points is they, um, the, if you'll notice when the quarterback and the, and the running back meet just after the snap, uh, they some crazy term like mesh or something that, they, you know, that um, they, they meet for a little longer than, seconds longer than other teams do. And this is really hard to read for defenses, apparently. 
That's the RPO, the famed RPO, the run-pass option. As long as I'm asking you if you feel sorry for teams, and I can understand feeling sorry for Wake, do you feel sorry for Michigan State? I guess not. I guess when you think about how they escaped Nebraska and earlier this year and you know how they kind of, the, the, as someone was saying, the season caught up to them finally on Saturday. Uh, yeah. They were, and I'm completely, speaking of Wake Forest, their running back who transferred from Wake Forest Kenneth is Walker. probably my favorite player I've seen this year, Kenneth Walker the third, and so to to have seen that sustained for longer, I mean, yeah, that would have been that would have been nice. That's a program that's been in the playoff once already, even though played Alabama and you know was forgotten immediately. But but yeah, I just um, it, they'll play Ohio State at, in Columbus on the twentieth, and. Uh, you know, with with the way things have gone this year, that, that's maybe a little more in doubt than we would assume at this point. So maybe they're still, if they if they could win that, you know, they could do any pretty much anything they wanted the rest of the season. I think. So there were a number of teams that we consider to be traditional powers: Ohio State and L- uh, and not LSU and Alabama among them that had much closer games than anybody thought. But I'm, and I'll get to them. But let me get to my pet peeve. My pet peeve is Cincinnati. I am so tired of people bleeding for Cincinnati. I'm so tired of this notion that the committee hates small schools. If they do, good. I don't care if they hate small schools. Cincinnati almost lost twice to absolutely inferior teams. Teams that I don't believe Alabama or Ohio State would have had close games with. And, every, and, and I understand Cincinnati's number two in the coaches' poll, which is usually, you know, SIDs vote for the coaches. Coaches don't vote in these things. Or the AP poll. I understand that. I understand they're undefeated. And I understand they got a great win. Notre Dame, that's a great win. And if Notre Dame keeps winning, that win looks even better, though it's not as good as Oregon going into Ohio State and beating Ohio State. But I am firmly on the other side of the line from the warm and fuzzy feeling about Cincinnati. And it's not that I dislike Cincinnati, but I don't think Cincinnati in the last couple of weeks has shown itself to be, you know, a a, a top two, three, four team. Please take all the time you want to tell me I'm an idiot. Okay, I'm I'm not on that side of always arguing for Cincinnati. I'm also not on the side of arguing against Cincinnati. Boy, that's a, what a terrible position just to be in, right in the middle. <laughs> I, gosh, I think that people who argued for Cincinnati both last year and this year are are a miss. I think that um, Cincinnati is a good argument this year for the playoff and was not a good argument last year for the playoff. And I think it's because of those wins at Indiana and Notre Dame this time that, of course, teams didn't have a chance to do last year Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think that what Gus Malzahn said, the UCF coach, is really persuasive to me about how he's he's seen them all in his days at Auburn, and he thinks they're they're up there just as – just about as good, you know, as, as some of the better teams in the SEC through the years. And also you have to consider that Tulsa has visited Ohio twice this year. They've played at Ohio State and at Cincinnati, and both were close in the fourth quarter. The Cincinnati one closer, but the uh, the Ohio State one, you know, left the Columbus locals there uh, really quite grumbling. As, and they're, they, they're good at grumbling at imperfections, so... This one, uh, they make it an art form. And so this one was one of those that we're doing what's going on here kind of deal where it's 27-20 in the fourth with seven minutes to go and Tulsa's in Buckeye territory. So um, I think Michigan State's loss, it should help them to get maybe to number five, closer to number four. And I I think they got a shot at it because they have that formula that was always needed, which is to go unbeaten from from a group of – perspective to go unbeaten and to get a win such as their their one against Notre Dame on the road. So I agree with I agree with that. I agree that if Oregon loses, Cincinnati is going to go ahead of them. I believe that if Ohio State loses, Cincinnati will certainly go ahead of them. And even if Michigan wins that game, I think Cincinnati would probably be ahead of Michigan. 
I do think, though, that if Oregon wins out and if Oklahoma wins out, particularly because the back end of the Oklahoma schedule has ranked teams, then I think that they would be ahead of Cincinnati. And, and, and of course, I think that if Alabama plays Georgia and Alabama wins in the SEC championship, they're both going in. Am I right on those things? Right on yes. that stuff? Yes. Okay. I, think, I think the Cincinnati versus Oklahoma argument would be compelling because Oklahoma, of course, has been accused of, of you know, Piddling around with teams should not be piddling around with. So Kansas, so yes, I would I would yes. look forward to to that argument. Um, but I don't think I did not think it was an outrage that they were at number six. And and when you look around, there are people, including people whom I love in this world, who think that it's just a stark raving outrage and something that you know should be should be protested on all all day long. So, but yeah, I'm I tired think, of them. I'm tired of those people. I'm tired of the people that automatically pick this thing that they think is the most noble cause in the world. Because I, you know, I'm just tired of that. No, it's just me. I'm old. I'm just <laughs> you know old. what? I'm kinda, I, mean, I love them, but I'm kind of tired of it too. Okay, there. Good. I said that. Good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let me get to something else. Coaches are getting fired left and right. Florida, Dan Mullen, to save his own skin, I think just fired about 12 coordinators <laughs> overnight or something like that. Texas, I don't know how that staff lasts. I don't know how they're going to last at Texas. What do you make of this in-season sort of jettisoning, jettisoning of coordinators and the notion that, you know, that we're going to fire somebody and that's going to make it all right? I think when the recruiting day moved up from – the, you know, there's two of them, but the, it moved from February to that day in December now that they have, you know, a week before Christmas-ish that they have now. Uh, that, um, that, when that when that happened, and that put the pressure on, I think. And so now we have, let's see, I can count them here. I think it's nine, well, eight. We won't count the Washington State case, but, um, you know, cases where they feel like they have to get ahead of that and get something solved before that or they're really going to going to suffer long term but then also the you factor in the two uh, departures or firings in the state of texas at texas tech and tcu and what you yeah. wonder about that is you know it, okay so one one side one team fires their guy is now does the pressure step up on the other to, to in order to compete for who's out there and who might be the the savior or what have you, you know, who, who's out there. Um, so that comes into it as well. So it goes earlier and earlier, I think. And it, it, it is a form of madness, especially, you know, you want to look at the uh, firing last week at Akron. If Akron is doing this, then this is a fashion, you know, this is um, this a fashion that goes deep down into the, into all levels. So, it's, um, At least the Akron guy was three and twenty-four. The Texas Tech guy had a winning record, right? He, Didn't he have he a winning five record? And three. Yeah, five and three this year. Yeah, yeah. And they canned bad. him, and they canned the TCU guy, who's only the greatest coach in in the last sixty years there since Dan Jenkins went there. <laughs> they fired that guy, and he told him quite appropriately, "Stick your job. You know, I'll leave right now. I'm not going to wait for the end of the season to make this look good." I just think is is who coaches Texas? Is that still Herman? Is that him? No, it's us. Sark, Steve Sarkeesian. The, oh well, I guess they're not going to fire him because they just brought him in. They just brought but him that in. That looks yeah, bad. Yeah. So that looks but bad. It is, it is astonishing. I mean, it is a some sort of I don't know thesis or dissertation or academic paper that someone could do on why it doesn't work there. It's just baffling. You have all the resources. It's baffling. It's, it's the expectations in, in Texas. You know, they, they just expect that they're going to win every single game, even if they play each other. They're going to expect that I, they're going to win every game. It's bizarre. Bizarre I always wonder people. that, too, if the players, you know, they get a win and they seem to get really, oh, we're, we're, you know, they seem to get really confident over one significant win. And I wonder if that – I always wonder about that, too. If if the players – what was it a few years ago? Baylor kept beating them every year, but one player said, oh, they're still our little brother. 
so that you know that that kind of thing you know i think might factor in some you know was a even to the players of, of walking around saying, "Oh, we can just we can just be Texas, and that'll be enough." Yeah, yeah I guess. Well, when they go to the SEC and they finish DFL in the SEC, it's not going <laughs> to oh, be yeah. enough. <laughs> it's a pleasure to talk with you as always. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you so much, Tony. Chuck Culpepper, boys and girls, just terrific writer. We'll take a break. We have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So the holidays are almost upon us, and it's time to really lean in. I think Mariah Carey decides when it's time. You didn't follow that story, did you, Dad? No, I didn't, but Mariah Carey is a Long Island girl, and oh, my yeah, friend yeah. Ray McClote was the principal at Harborfields High School where she went to school. Uh, a bar in Texas apparently banned the playing of All I Want for Christmas. Why? And it, uh, until a certain time. Oh, okay. You want to get through Thanksgiving first, and then limited, great song. limited the playing of it to one time per night. And okay. I think she took that personally. We're talking <laughs> hugs. We're talking secret family recipes. We don't have any. We're talking about seeing the looks on your loved one's faces as they all unwrap their matching PJ sets at the same time. This year... MeUndies wants to help you bring comfort home for the holidays. This is your uh, this is your sign to surround your family and friends with comfort. While you're at it, why not get a little something something for yourself too? They want me to talk about my favorite thing to cuddle up in during cozy season: onesie, loungewear, PJs. Honestly, button-up shirt tucked in. I don't really like people to see me in my PJs. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> they don't have to know what's uh, what's underneath, even if it is holiday themed and print. <laughs> With new classic plaid and holiday sweater prints, now I can get behind a sweater print. Yes. Mundies is turning up the comfort this holiday season. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are ideal for getting cozy by the fire with a cup of hot cocoa. If only there was local delivery for bundles of firewood. There is. I got firewood yesterday. <laughs> well, I know the, uh, the the local serviceman was waiting for you as you took He's Jesse not really on a local. He's from Culpeper, Virginia. It's been a tough. It's been a out. tough year. Whatever you decide, it's everyone close. will be rolling into the new year comfier than before. <laughs> Available in sizes extra small through 4XL. Maybe there's even a medium thrown in there for Celeza. <laughs> Meundies has a little something for everyone on your list. Looking for more inspiration? Check out their holiday gift guide for all things cozy and comfy. Meundies has a great offer for Tony's listeners for any first. First-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are over. That happened to me last week. Fighting to, for your life? Not necessarily my life, but fighting. Certainly okay. fighting. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Tony K. That's MeUndies.com slash Tony K. Nice read. Thanks, Dad. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's time now for Tony's mailbag. It's time now for Tony's mailbag. It's time now for Tony's mailbag with your faxes and notes. Tell Nigel to thank Bethesda Bagels. It's November. And read all the smart, funny, November. It's early November. Emails. It's time now for Tony's mailbag. It's time now for Tony's mailbag. It's time now for Tony's mailbag. It's the end of the show. But it's not the end of the year. I thought this was the time that you played Christmas carols yeah, in your country. That's from Bill Gott in Gaithersburg who writes, I'm a longtime listener who sported a bandwagon bumper sticker on my car in the early 90s as an aspiring musician of fluctuating quality and talent. I've long pursued a goal of getting a jingle chosen for your show. After multiple failed attempts, I think this one may pass muster. My fate is in your hands. I will hang up and listen. It's lovely. It's a little early. <laughs> jumping the gun. But Nigel chose it. Yes. It's lovely. I did. Yes, that's Biff got, not Bill. Oh, I made I'm sorry, Biff got. Yeah, we have played him before, and I made the exact same mistake. I thought it was Bill. But uh, I, but isn't the Hallmark channels on, on those movies oh, yes. all around? Yes, yeah. all the time. It's the holiday season. Make you crazy. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? <laughs> yes, please. We got, we got bagel sandwiches today. Love those. You'll love them as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area. I think Liz you. will get one of those bagel sandwiches. <laughs> we hope so. Michael's in some sort of bad mood. <laughs> I don't know. That'll just about do it for us today. Before Thanks for we taking get that on the, air, Dad. <laughs> get to the mailbag. Let me just say... Hark now, hear the sailors cry, smell the sea and feel the sky. Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic. This is the kind of weather that you can sit on your porch at night, bundled up. Drinking scotch. Yeah, and have a scotch and listen to <laughs> Van Morrison. Thanks to today's guests, Michael Wilbon and Chuck Culpepper. Thanks to today's sponsors, MeUndies, FrameBridge, Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Okay. 
The National Toy Hall of Fame inducts three popular toys. I read The Game of Risk, American Girl Dolls, and Sand. 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 Emphasis by me. Sand have been inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. It's okay. Risk is fine. Sure. American Classic. Girl Dolls. Sure. It's fine. Iconic. Here's the press release. Sand, that gritty substance that gets stuck between your toes and follows you home from the beach, Sand. yet creates hours of fun for kids and adults alike, is one of three, open quote, toys, close quote, <laughs> that have been inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame and the strong National Museum of Play. It's sand, kids. It's sand. It's not a toy. Talk and, about sand. And they write, yeah, yeah, practice. And they sand. write, sand may be the most universal and oldest toy in the world. Well, no, no, it no, isn't. No. Educator Maria Montessori has argued that sand, quote, is only one substance that the modern child is allowed to handle quite freely. So what? It's not a toy. It's it's not a toy. No, nothing worse than when the hammer comes on from preschool and you can tell they were in the pit. Oh. You take off his shoes and just, just, sand just pounds of sand. Yeah. Wait, let me just ask this question. Is dirt a toy? Because sand and Grass? dirt are the yeah. same things. Mud? They're the same things. Sand gravel? and dirt. You know, it's not a toy. Now, if Steve Sands were elected into the toy, That's fine. we'd be okay with that. Yeah. Ridiculous. From Come Jay Smurmack in Virginia Beach, Virginia by way of Yorba Linda, California. I'm nine months behind on the pod after deployments in both 2020 and 2021, but I'm catching up quickly. It's actually quite interesting hearing all the discussions months later with a future knowledge to add to the context. I'm a 37-year-old millennial living in Virginia Beach, and one of the only people my age I know that subscribes to a print newspaper, the Virginian Pilot. I much prefer reading the paper to any online sources, and I'm saddened by the fact that there probably won't be print options available by the time I'm Cindy Boren's age. I'm writing to let you know that the millennial long wait is over and sand has finally been inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. It is described as, quote, perhaps the most universal and oldest toy in the world. I think dirt and stick might take offense to that. <laughs> it beat out such notables as billiards and the toy fire engine. Thank you for years of entertainment, and as always, people use the code. A fire engine. Now that's a toy. Yeah, that is a toy. A fire a engine, toy. the dump truck. Yeah. These are toys. Sand is not a toy yeah. any more than air is a toy. It's, these are not toys. So Lizzie got a great lesson in the sand yesterday. <laughs> yes. You, gave him, you got him out. Oh, yeah. You got him out. Lower Ryan the seat. in Warrington, Virginia. Sand has been elected to the Toy Hall of Fame. There's no way you support the idea that sand is a toy. It's sand. It's found on the ground. Be the voice of reason here. Say no to sand in the Hall of Fame. I think I'm doing that. Yes. I'm saying no to Cincinnati in the top four. <laughs> and I'm saying no to sand in the Toy Hall of Fame from Neil and Rockville. Being an owner of a beach house, do you believe that property values will rise significantly with the announcement that sand <laughs> has been selected for induction into the National Toy Hall of Fame? When they induct it, who speaks for it? Right. Who gets up and makes the speech? Thank you for this. What? Who? Mr. Sandman? Maybe Mr. Sandman. <laughs> or maybe um, Mariano Rivera. Oh, sure. You know, maybe yeah. it's him. Enter the Sandman. From yeah. Mark Shallon. Or Shailen in Wilton, Connecticut. I heard that Sand was elected to the Toy Hall of Fame, but will not be showing up for the ceremony. Instead, it will be at the beach with its rock fans. Ridiculous. <laughs> Tom Mule, Bowie, Maryland. Just curious about Halloween in your neighborhood. Did the trailer give out big candy bars or just the fun side? <laughs> Trailer's not here. Tress Watson, Lexington, Kentucky. Just to recap, to open Tuesday's pod, you admitted to defrauding a charity and assault. Thank God for statutes of limitations. From Tim Wildsmith, our friend Tim Wildsmith, oh, sure. who plays and sings from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, great singer. On Sunday evening, I went over to my in-law's house to enjoy some trick-or-treating with my nieces and nephews. And my wife made me wear the somewhat embarrassing monkey costume that she purchased for me a few years ago. After we came back to the house, I volunteered for candy duty on the front porch. I'm not sure why, but when one little kid dressed as a cowboy asked me if I was a dog, I replied, no, I'm a monkey, and my name is Reginald. <laughs> I kid you not, the cowboy's father laughed on the sidewalk and said, hey, I know that monkey. I looked up and gave him a hearty lechiserie, and he gave me one in return. The moment only got better when the cowboy's mother rolled her eyes and said, you've got to be kidding me. Here's the connective If only the other dad was dressed as Bud Grant. <laughs> that would have been isn't brilliant. Isn't that wonderful? That's fantastic. And from Kyle Pownall in Macon, Georgia. Macon, Georgia, the birthplace of 
little Richard Penniman, I believe. Oh, I believe. That. I'm sure by now you've heard that the Texas Longhorns assistant football coach's stripper girlfriend's monkey bit at trick-or-treater, blah, blah, blah. The article goes on to say an unknown British guy in an Indochino suit was there as well. <laughs> the monkey and him were playing with an iPad just before the incident. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat. Full fat. Which I've warmed in the microwave. <laughs> Sound of my key scratching at the front door Nothing quiet about my boots On the midnight kitchen floor Lots are off, she's in bed but still awake And I can hear every tear roll down her face She said you can't love me like that Expect my heart to last. I need time to talk. One night walks, all the little things you don't have. I'm wasting your time. And even worse, I'm lying to myself. I need more than a cowboy in a black hat. Loving me too, the neon moon. When she knocked me backwards And every sorry story I had She's already heard I tried to reach for her hand To make her stay But the cowboy just couldn't save the day She said you can't love me like that Expect my heart to last. I need time to talk. One night walks, all the little things you don't have. I'm wasting your time. And even worse, I'm lying to myself. I need more than a cowboy in a black hat. Loving me too, the neon moon. Barstool Wreck and Golf 
sealing machine. Them old Clydesdale horses, they just ain't that strong. You need to pull out the big guns when you're drinking her gone. She'll have you reaching for the old number seven on a straight Jim Beam. You don't mess around with a high little heartbreaking whiskey selling machine. This messed up left of broke down guys been brought to you by her damn blue eyes. This bar stool wreck engulfed in flames has been sponsored by. Don't say her name, I'll help our tender better double it up. Her memory's coming on like a big train does. Hand them your cash, hand them your Takes more than a sip to forget her kiss. You need a whole damn glass for a girl like this. Messed up, left up, broke down. Guys, been brought to you by her damn blue eyes. This bar stool wreck engulfed in flames has been sponsored by. Don't say her name. I'll help our tender. Yeah.